Greetings and blessings in the name of our Lord. Welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Leeper. And today we're going to look at the readings for the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, which are the Old Testament is the prophet Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 10 through 13. The epistle is from Romans 8, 12 through 17, and the Holy Gospel is from St. Matthew, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23. While we were preparing to have this podcast, we were discussing what a common theme or thread for these verses and readings were, and we came up with the giving of the word. So, Vicar Leeper, can you explain the concept of the word? How is the word given? Um, what what does that mean? Yeah, this is a huge question. And as you know, there are sometimes words uh, that have multiple meanings. And that's especially true when we're talking about the word, when it's when we're talking about the word that we're reading in the Bible or hearing in church or even Christ. So when we when we hear about the word of God, there are kind of three things that are in mind, three different meanings of the word of God. The first is the one that you're probably the most familiar with. Uh, This is the written word, the word that's written down. Uh, This would be the Bible. The Bible is the written word of God. It's the accounts of people who have been faithful or not faithful to God, the story of his people, uh, writings and proclamations of prophets and apostles, and also the account of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This written word, the Bible, uh, guides and forms uh, who we are and and what our faith looks like. But it's not the only thing that we mean when we say the word of God. Another thing that is in mind is the spoken word. The word of God that is spoken to people that has an effect on their lives. This is what you hear um, from the pulpit or on Sunday, or even from your friends when they're giving you a word of comfort from God in your times of of suffering or, or trouble. The spoken word is the word of God that is spoken to you and has an effect. An example of this in church would be the forgiveness of your sins. This is not just the information that your sins are forgiven, but the speaking of those words has an effect on you. It actually forgives your sins. Another example of this in regular life would be uh, when I think back to when I got married. Uh, When I married my wife, I was standing in front of the church, uh, shaking a little bit, trying to make sure I didn't lose my place and miss the like two words that I was supposed to say. And finally, the pastor leaned over to me after saying, uh, this blur of words and said, you know, if, 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 uh, if you take this woman, say, I will. And I said that I will. By the saying of those words, that did something. I wasn't just saying that, but by saying, I will, I promise I will love my wife. I will be married to her. I will be with her until death do us part. Those words had an effect upon our entire lives. Those words still continue to affect me today. Um, So that's the type of thing that we have in mind when we talk about the spoken word of God. The word of God that is spoken to you and that has an effect on you. The last thing that we have in mind is what we call the incarnate word. And this is what St. John has in mind when he writes, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, 
and the word was God. When he's talking about the word, he doesn't mean the Bible or spoken promises. He means Christ, Jesus. Jesus is also called the word of God. And that's because he reveals to us um, the promises of God and he does the work of God. He accomplishes what God, the purposes that God has set for his people. Um, so that, those are the things that are in mind when we talk about the word of God. And I'd like to jump to the epistle lessons, the letter to the Romans, because we really do see both effect and effect taking place within the Christian. St. Paul lays it out for us, and he calls us what we are not because of ourselves, our own work, power, or reason, but because of the work of God. And we see that, uh, verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We, we hear the work of the Holy Spirit to create relationship, to change and to form us into something different. We are dead in our trespasses. We are as useful as a box of rocks <laughs> unto ourselves. But then the Holy Spirit so moves us and brings us to Christ, brings us into Christ, and really makes us to be something different. This is baptism. When we are baptized, we are laid in the waters to our death. We die to our sins, but we're not left there. That is not our punishment to simply die and be forgotten, but we arise a new creation. We arise, as St. Paul says, as adopted sons, as adopted children, and we now have the right and the privilege to call out Abba, Father. And this right and privilege then means our life has changed, because now we live like children of God. We don't live as arrogant, spoiled children that get to do whatever we want because God will just forgive us. He just loves us. No, we now have God in us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And because we're moved by the Spirit, we now act as Christians. We now seek to have the Word that is the Bible. We seek and thirst to hear what does the Bible say. Oh, I know what the Bible says. It says Christ for you. Now we have the Word made flesh given to us. And then we get to hear this preached to us. And as you mentioned, all three of these are so intimately connected that we don't say, okay, this is the type of word I'm talking about. Right. But the word is given in all its glory, all its manifestations, all of its might. Let it be through the word, the Bible, through the second person of the Trinity, God, or let it be through the proclamation. For as when you mount the pulpit here at Holy Cross, <laughs> you will be given the challenge and responsibility to proclaim Christ crucified. From your very lips, you will give the hearers Jesus himself through the word, through the preaching, all together. And we get to gladly receive this because we have been moved by the Spirit to be the children of God, the sons of God. 
And this is all the giving of the word, which, which really flows into the Old Testament text, the, the Isaiah text. Right. Uh, this Old Testament Isaiah text is, is one of my favorites. I'm going to read just a verse to you now. So shall my word be that goes from my, from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah is talking about God sending his word down to his people. He compares it right before this to rain that comes down to the earth and gives life, that grows things and, and feeds the people. You know, uh, we live in a very green country here. I'm looking out the window right now. I see trees. I see plants. I see even weeds growing up everywhere. But imagine hearing these words in the middle of a desert where the rain, if it doesn't come at just the right season or time, your entire harvest for the year will just be done. Where this rain gives everything that the earth needs. This rain is so anticipated and so life-giving. This is how uh, Isaiah talks about God comparing uh, the word that is given to us from his mouth. This word that comes down and gives life. And uh, like Pastor Wright was saying, the different kind of types of word that I mentioned before are all so interconnected. So God gave the word incarnate Jesus to come down to earth to live and die and to accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. Jesus came down but did not return to the Father empty. He came down giving life. He came down to live and to die for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And he came to rise from the dead so that we may have life. He did not return empty, but came and accomplished the purpose for which God sent him. So that incarnate word came down. And through that, uh, people came that saw and witnessed this. And they proclaimed and brought the spoken word of God to people, telling them of the forgiveness of sins, pointing them to their Savior. And from that spoken word, those words were written down so that they could be given to us. And those words are the Bible, and they continued to form and guide us. And that word that forms and guides us, we now proclaim that to other people, bringing forgiveness and life to them. And when we bring, when we proclaim that word, that spoken word, they experience and have the incarnate Jesus in them that forms and guides them. I really like that aspect that uh, because we've received this, we then get to proclaim it. And what I like about that is not that everybody who sits in the pew and hears the word of God preached and given now becomes street preachers. And they have the uh, ability led by the spirit to say all the right uh, religious words or theological words. I can't even say all the right the, religious words. With you on that one. <laughs> the idea, though, is because you're changed. You now get to live out, and your life really does become this proclamation. When you do, as you mentioned earlier, uh, give words of comfort, uh, even the, the, the mere fact that you uh, empathize with your brothers and sisters in Christ, that, that's a, a good work that is worked in you by God, which again opens up a, another big question. You know, who's doing the work? Mm -hmm. Are you doing it, or is it God? And if God's doing all the work, then what need does he have of me? Well, well, and I think it's important to remember when we're talking about the word working in us, that that word does not return empty. That word always does something to us. You know, the whole, the Holy Spirit who works in us 
always seems to work by means. We talk about this, you know, sacramentally. We talk about this in baptism and communion. But it's also true of us. The Holy Spirit, you know, God could just proclaim from a giant microphone the spoken word. Uh, He could even make rocks cry out. In fact, I think that might actually be a better plan because I'm sure the rocks wouldn't mess up as much as we do. But instead, he's chosen these, these fallible, imperfect human beings and said, through you, I shall bring the word. Which is humbling and scary. And the idea, again, there is God working in. And now justification, salvation is all one-sided. It is the complete and full work of God in Christ Jesus to make you alive. And that life then is a life of reception. That life is a life of cooperation because you're moved by the Spirit to do, to act, to think, and to live. We don't, we're not puppets, we're not robots, but it is God working in us. And we really do get to participate in God's work. Who ultimately does it? It's Him in our lives in our thoughts, words, actions, in our relationships. And thanks be to God that we have been adopted into his family to provide help, to provide support, to provide the very word and love of God to all that we come in contact with. It is in that very love of God that I invite you to come and worship with us every Sunday. We have our service at 8 o'clock, which is also live-streamed, and then we also have our second service at 9.45. You are invited to hear the proclamation of the Word for your life. And would you be so kind as to please subscribe and share this podcast so that others may hear of the love of Christ. God's peace and blessings be upon you.